0: Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Morning. Morning, <laughs> this morning's reading is from Romans chapter four, verses thirteen to twenty-one. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are, are heirs, heirs, <laughs> then faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. For this reason it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, that he is God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be, without becoming weak in faith. He contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised he was able to also to perform.
1: God. So we've been uh, doing faith. We've got an ever-increasing faith in, uh, at Redeemer Coast. Yeah. That means our faith this week stronger than last week. Right.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, we can believe that because that's a scripture. Peter says that he gives thanks that, our, that your faith increases, ever increases. Yeah. And uh, the, this series really is laying a foundation for, for faith. And then as the year goes on, we're going to give other reasons for faith and things to have faith about. And uh, it's very core to the whole scripture, the whole Bible and the whole relationship uh, with God is our faith. Another way, I, uh, a good way of saying it, because sometimes you talk about having faith and it just feels a little bit worksy. Yeah. And uh, does anyone ever get that feeling? It feels a little bit worksy. Another way of saying it is trust. Yeah. We're talking about trust. We're talking about reasons that we can put our trust, put our faith, put our trust in God. And what that trust looks like So we got here the story of of, uh, Abraham, and Abraham's considered as the father of our faith, in that he's a model of how faith works and what to do with our faith. And uh, 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 we're gonna focus especially on this verse here, verse, uh, I think it's 20, that says, uh, he did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God as some translations say he grew strong in his faith well God's not a respecter of persons if Abraham grew strong in his faith we can grow strong in his faith if we can grow strong in his faith you can grow strong in his faith if you can grow strong in your faith I can grow strong in my faith and it's not a work it's not an effort it will require putting the flesh down often. But faith is a grace. It's a gift of God. Yeah. And as we walk in obedience to him and do uh, with a humble heart, faith will grow in our hearts. Yeah. But it's good news. Apparently, Abraham had uh, a certain level of faith at this stage and he had seen God deliver now, quite a number of times and God provided a number of times but apparently when God reminded him about uh, him having a son and it wasn't going to be Ishmael it was going to be actually be his son by birth his faith was not there yet. Now that's good to know. It's good to know that there's great saints in the Bible who's at a certain period of time thank you darling at a certain period of time she'll say to me after, don't say anything, they wouldn't even noticed.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm surprised you didn't say anything, right?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> at a certain period of time, their faith was at a level where God could bless them, but it wasn't at the level where God wanted it to be or it needed to be to receive other blessings. Can you see that? Yeah. And this is Abraham so if Abraham was operating at a certain level of faith at one stage uh, but it wasn't where he needed to be to receive the full promise of God and Abraham then needed to grow strong in faith then we can be operating at a certain level of faith where we're, we're experiencing something of the life of God we're experiencing something of His abundance and experiencing something of His provision, but we're not experiencing anywhere near the fullness of what He has for us. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. And so I find it reassuring. We're not to feel condemned if we're not there yet. You know, feeling condemned is a form of self-righteousness. It that sounds a little bit you know counterintuitive, but it's really saying you know you say? You say I've got faith, you know. It's it's just just a form of self righteousness. You're not right because because you've got this or that. You're right because you've got trust in Jesus that He died for your sins. That's why we're righteous. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay,
1: but it's also humbling to say, you know what? I can I can get to where God wants me to be. And so we approach this positively. And we're going to learn something today to recognize what uh, Jesus called weak faith and Jesus called strong faith so we can recognize it.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I do notice, uh, and we're we'll just we're clearing away, I was mentioned last week how sometimes before you chop down the main tree, you've got to clear away a bit of the lantana around it to get to the main tree. I notice uh, this about Abraham and about this chapter. I think... Uh, In those few verses, the the, the expression, the promise of God is mentioned six times and referred to two more times. And it's constantly saying, and Abraham uh, considered the promise of God. We have no right to be believing things that we're not promised. We've got no right to be asking for things that God doesn't want for us. So this is presumed. All right, we're, we're laying this down. We're presuming that we have in God's word what he said he wants for us. All right, and the other thing I noticed is that Abraham didn't go away and sulk, he didn't say, Well, am I? you're saying, God, I don't have enough. No, he didn't go away and sulk. He said, Okay, I'm here. And then he looked back at his life and he said, I know God's taken me from what was the name of that city? Er, t- taken me from uh, that city and he's brought me through this and he's brought me to this land and 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 step by step I've learned of the faithfulness of God and, and now I've got this promise yeah. I've got this promise because God has said to me that you're going to be the father of man, and it, it mentions in there what the promise is that you will be the father of many nations that's a big promise yeah. but I have that promise and I've got to go from uh, I've got to be able to, I know I just haven't been believing God for that, but I, I, if I can believe him, uh, I can have it.
0: Yeah.
1: And the encur- other encouraging thing about that is that, uh, is that Isaac was born 12 months later. So there was really a period of probably just two months that he went from not being strong in faith, So really, it doesn't take long
0: yeah.
1: once we start doing what God has asked us to do so that he can impart faith to us. Then we're talking about different things to do with faith, but I just want you to remember this or we'll, we'll think of this. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two he said, if you say to that mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart. Yeah. intellectual kind of faith. And then you sort of acknowledge uh, this as being true. You you know your scriptures. And some of you would have experienced that. You know what the promise of God is. You know it up here. But somehow you haven't got it down here. Your heart, guys, is your eternal person. It's that which is born again. It's that which is made. When... It's actually your spirit. When Jesus talks about heart, sometimes it means the core of the matter, but sometimes it means the real you. It means deep down here you're fully persuaded. You've got to look at the context in which it says that. But what Jesus is clearly saying is that you can actually know something to be true up here, but you're not fully persuaded down here. And how that works, guys, is that faith is a gift of God. You can't whip it up, real faith. You can't weep it up, you can't recite it. But as we meditate on God's scriptures, and as we meditate on him, faith is born in our heart as a gift of God. And the thing with, with having faith down here in your spirit, all right, is that what happens around you is spiritual. You're not addressing an issue from an intellectual point of view, you're addressing an issue spiritually.
0: Yeah.
1: You got that? And it means it also means that, that, that uh, doubts can come. You can observe things which are different to what you're believing. And the parable of the sower describes that. It describes how Satan comes and he'll, he'll, he'll test what you believe. You can observe them to be different. But down here, you're persuaded of what you know God's will. Yeah. And you know the promise, as Abraham did. In that promise, and then what happens then is the spiritual change in the spiritual world, and then the natural world has to come into line. Yeah, and that's why often there's a lag, you understand. All right, there's a (laughs) turbo lag, and I put your foot down, (laughs) and the spiritual fuel goes in, it goes bang, and there's a lag okay because any lasting change in our life is spiritual it's born here and so faith in God is spiritual it's of the heart all right so does that help a little bit yes. Yes. that's good so we're going to look at a few scriptures here about uh, what is um what is uh what is weak faith and what is strong faith and the reason I'm doing that is it is not in any way by condemnation Romans uh Sorry, Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So he is where our faith starts. And Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. He's the author of where our faith starts and he will perfect it if we allow him to. He will bring us into maturity. There are many things that God has for our lives still that are his will and his blessing. If we allow him to, to create that faith and to bring it to maturity, all right? He's the author and perfecter of our faith. We have faith in what he has done for us. Now, uh, I was, uh, just by way of illustration, I did hear a story of a, a guy who had two fighting dogs back in the day when you know they used to fight dogs for gambling. And he had two regional champion dogs and he never wanted them to fight against each other because he never wanted to work out which one was the better dog. So he put them in and they were all undefeated. And then someone challenged him. Someone put a big wager up and uh, said they'd provide uh, funding for this great dog fight if he's put his two fighting dogs together. And uh, and then uh, he uh, he said, I know which one's gonna win. And the guy said, which, how do you know which one's gonna win? I mean, they're both undefeated. He said, well, the fight's not till next week. He said, it's the dog that I feed is the one that's going to win. (laughs) (laughs)
0: They're going to
1: starve the other one. We need to starve our doubts and feed our faith. Mm. We need to take time meditating on the scriptures. And I've been through it. I've been through it. If strong opposition, strong things going, things that really set to derail us, and then have to get on my knees with the Bible on my bed and just meditate on that scripture for a number of days before I was ready to claim God's promises. So the Bible says there's weak faith and strong faith. It actually talks about, Jesus talks about, scriptures talk about weak faith, strong faith, and little faith and great faith. And I don't want to get into all of that. We're just going to talk about a type of faith which... Uh, has trouble in circumstances and another type of faith that has victory over circumstances. You know, in Mark chapter 16, uh, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his 11 disciples in the room and there was only 11 at that stage. Obviously, Judas had gone missing. And uh, King James says, He upbraideth them. He upbraideth them for the lack of faith, because he said that they hadn't believed the reports that he had risen from the dead. Well, that's interesting. Um, I don't know if you've ever been upbraideth by God, but it doesn't feel good, all right? It doesn't feel good to know that he's upbraidething you. And uh, I think it sounds worse in King James, upbraideth, you know? And, uh, but what it meant was he told them off. And we can think Jesus meek and mild, look upon this little child, but Jesus expects us to grow strong in faith. Yeah. And apparently he expected these guys, who would had three years with him, seen him walk on water, one of them even took a few steps, fed <laughs> the thousands, seen all these, and then he said to them over and over again, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise from the dead. He expected them to believe him. And I think he was probably a little bit disappointed on resurrection morning. I know it would have been glorious for him. But I think he was probably expecting the 11 disciples to have put up seating, you know, teal seating outside, outside of this. Because, you know, guys, I told you I'm going to die. I'm going to raise from the dead. On the third day, I'm going to come from the dead. And, and I think he, that stone was rolled away. And he was probably ready to come out and expecting the stadium filled with disciples, all their families. They could have made good money selling tickets to that. I mean, you know, really, you could, could have been. you? know, God's not against making money. I mean, you know, if we could set that up again, you'd make a lot of money for the resurrection, wouldn't you? I'm teasing, guys. I know, I'm bit,
0: I know it's, I know
1: it's irreligious. But seriously, though, seriously though, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was expecting all eleven, their family, their family's family, their friends, all lined up there. And, you know, he's probably expecting them to come. they are going to get the good seats. And we're going to get there like uh, the next day, midday, the next day. Bought myself a swag, bought myself a dad. Got the Swiss going to lay down the swag here facing the rest because he's coming out there. But they weren't there. Which is interesting. But he upbraided them. So he expected them to have faith. And just to show you, too, that faith is spiritual, uh, the real faith, faith for the heart, even when he appeared after his resurrection to many of them, the scriptures still say many did not believe. God kind of faith in your heart has got a lot to do with are you following your conscience. It's got a lot to do with your willingness and your heart condition. Nevertheless, let's look at some of the situations where Jesus, uh, Mark chapter 6, I don't know if I put it up there, but Mark chapter 6, Jesus is talking about uh, believing God and I I actually like these uh, examples because they're, they're about very real life things. And we have to be aware when we're te- aware as pastors when we're teaching faith we can use these fantastic examples which are way out there they're at the top of a ladder wherever that is and we, Jesus was is concerned about our everyday faith, our faith for today. so Mark chapter 6, in Matthew six. Let's go back to Matthew chapter six. Thank you, Colin. Yes, Matthew six, verse twenty-five. He says, "Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not your life worth more than food? Is not your body?" worth more than clothing. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds you. And then he asks them, aren't you worth more than them? Apparently, um, Jesus, well apparently, evidently, Jesus tied faith to the understanding of your understanding of your worth to God.
0: Yes, that's
1: good. Of your value to God. Aren't I worth more? Can any of you at one moment of his life, at one moment of his life by worrying And why do you worry about clothes? Observe the white flowers of the field. They don't labor or they spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned more like any of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, ye of little faith? So Jesus was clearly saying, look at the world around you. Look at it. It's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Now Linda got some wonderful flowers, and some were sent from us from some people we don't know who they were. So if it was you, we say thank you. But they're beautiful. And and Jesus is really saying, they're just temporal, you're eternal. You're worth more than that. And yet, if he does such a, a, a good job of looking them looking good, he can make you look good. How much more, ye of little faith? And so he was addressing worry. Evidently, a worry and anxiety are a sign of little faith or weak faith. And so, if we can feel ourselves getting worried or getting anxious, we can go, ah. I don't have to have worry because what is really happening is we're putting our faith in something other than the author of our faith. We're putting our faith in something other than the God who provides for us. And we're saying because this is my bank situation or this is my work situation or this is my rent situation or this is that I'm going to be anxious, I'm going to choose to allow anxiety on that thing. I did say, you know, uh, faith is simple. I have said faith is simple, but it can be hard because you do need to put your flesh down. And who knows that worry and anxiety is fleshly Mm -hmm. you know the bible says every good thing comes from above that the wisdom of god is peaceful and i don't think god gets really worried about too much stuff do you i don't think he gets too anxious about things and because jesus said aren't you worth more than those things then we can be confident we can be confident that we're going to have that work, we're going to be confident. We're going to have that provision. We can refuse to have little faith, and we can say, "I choose to believe God." So evidently, the author and finish of our faith, he said, "If you're worried, if you're anxious, you've got little faith." He said, "Look around you. Look at how God provides rain. How he he addresses nature." He said, "And you're worth." so much more than that how much more you would praise God so anxiety uh, is a so, is a, a symbol of uh, or a sign of lack of faith and then I want you to turn also please to Mark chapter 4 I hope I've got this one right now I know I, I um, I guess I say I hope we're not treading on many toes and sometimes we just need our toes trodden on. Uh, it, some of us love worry and anxiety and uh, some of us just uh, enjoy it uh, because it's like if you didn't you weren't worrying what would you have to talk about for anyone? <laughs> if we weren't anxious what would we have to complain about? You know what would we have to get sympathy from anyone if I weren't anxious? Well, Jesus is saying, have a look at that. Have a look at your source of worry. And uh, we need to starve our doubts and we need to feed our faith. And we need to look at that source and say, now I know uh, I don't have a job. But surely he's able to give me a job. Do you think God's able to give me a job? Surely he's able to give me a job. So why worry? Just enjoy the enforced holiday (laughs) for a couple of days. You know, you probably need that rest anyway, (laughs) you know, and call it in. You'd be amazed. I haven't really got time to go through it, but you'd be amazed in all these examples when Jesus talks about what you say. With all this, you'd be amazed. Well, in uh, Matthew chapter 4, I was there, but it just flipped back. I need someone. you know, musicians have people that turn pages for them. I turn the score. Why is someone standing up here flipping pages for me? I'm just joking. She's just as likely to jump up and do it. You know? uh, Matthew 4, 30. Uh, Mark 4. Thank you very much. That's someone who reads their Bible. Mark 4, verse 37 to 41. He says this. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. And he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you have any worry or cares or anxiety? Don't you have anything? He said that we're going to die. Now, they had already decided. You know what worry and anxiety is? That's deciding what the outcome is before it's come.
0: Yeah.
1: That it is It's looking forward to saying, this is going to happen and it's going to be bad. And they decided that they were going to die. Jesus, however, was taking a nap. And I've got that in common with Jesus. I like my naps. Amen? amen. I think I need a better amen. 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 He gives his servants rest. It's a scripture. He was taking a nap. He got up and he said to the sea, silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, that really should blow our mind. There should be a little sort of, uh, you know, that's that's a um, wasabi moment. You know, we talked about this before. Maybe you weren't here, but uh, has anyone ever had wasabi moments? Like you have, you wasabi. just have, you know, you like wasabi, so you just have a little bit more than what you're sure to think. Now, oh, maybe I can just get i I'm like that with chili when I'm cooking, I know, darling? I like chili. Maybe I can just put a little bit more, and then it tips out of the thing, and it goes, yeah, I will leave it. You know, <laughs> we have those wasa- wasabi moments, you have the wasabi, and you maybe down the mall, put, put a little bit more wasabi on the sushi, and you just, a big blob comes out. I'm going to have it anyway you can,
0: <laughs> clear
1: this scripture should be a spiritual wasabi moment because i'm glad it's jesus that said it don't get mad at me it's him that said it but he did he not expect his disciples at that stage to take authority over let's just make it easy for a moment let's just say the circumstances yes. All right, I, I like am I how readeth thou?
0: <laughs>
1: how interpreteth thou this scripture? Can we can you exegete that scripture for me? Every now and again, I say to Chloe, I want you to exegete this scripture. You know, have you worked out what that word means yet? Good, that's good. you
0: yeah.
1: exegete surely. Jesus is saying, after all I've done, guys, now you can say, Well, that was Jesus. But Jesus was saying, no, it's you. Now, I can understand. Let's let's maybe start with something simpler than storms. Fair enough? Yeah. Let's start with something a little bit more. Let's get a little a bit, of, bit of disturbance at work. <laughs> All right. A little bit of tummy ache. Let's start with something that's a little bit more achievable. And that's fine, too. But he said, surely, do you still have no faith? Thank you. Oh. Now, that's not meant by a condemnation. That's meant by, we can get there.
0: Yeah.
1: And that doesn't mean you go around speaking to every rain because you just don't want rain. Because there's some Christian farmer on the other side of the hill that wants the rain.
0: All right? So he's
1: speaking this and speaking that. But it does mean when the storms of life come and you look at yourself and you say, am I walking according to conscience? Am I doing everything that God's called me to do? Then I'm going to speak to that storm. And don't get thinking... If you're thinking that God leads by storms, you need to read that book. Josh, when you're finished with that book, you need to hand that round Because he doesn't lead by storms.
0: Yeah.
1: There is, I'm sorry, Yeah, maybe. maybe we should not go there. Oh, well, no, he's going to go there. <laughs> There's no prayer that says if you open that door or close that door, we'll take that. There's no way. Mm. It's not there. Yeah. And the thing is, on the contrary, so many times there was opposition to where they're to go
0: yeah.
1: and so we can speak to that opposition. Yes. Weak faith apparently gets run over by circumstances. Strong faith stands and digs its heels in, says, I no know the will of God, I'm going to persist." I'm going to speak to that and even when don't, don't start thinking well you know maybe I'm not believing because situations take time to change don't don't go there just keep speaking to it yeah just keep speaking to it keep talking to it keep, build your faith feed your faith start your doubts yeah. and then there's stories and we don't really have to go there but we we'll do want to talk about two rooms blowing the Bible around so much Two instances where Jesus can uh, credit them as having strong faith. The first one is the centurion. Remember the, the name of the centurion whose uh, slave, his servant, was sick, and he comes to Jesus and he says, um, "My servant sick." And Jesus says, "I will go and heal him." And this the centurion says, "There's no need for you to go." I am someone who has authority, and I'm also under authority. And I say to that person, go. When they go, I say to that person, come, and they come. And Jesus looked at him and said, I have never seen such great faith in all of Israel. So he said, great faith. Now, let's think about that. So faith has something to do with understanding the authority that we have. Was not Jesus saying that everyone else that's watching this also has that authority if they knew it? Was he not saying that? Otherwise he wouldn't have said, the faith that you've got, really I should see in Israel. It is very interesting. Very often, you see more miracles happen with new Christians, or more things happen with people coming back to the Lord because they're just expecting to move. But those of us that've been around for a while and we've seen things not happen, that you know, it all sort of wears on your faith. But He said that that uh, if you understand authority, you'll say it, and it'll happen. And that's great faith. So evidently, uh, great faith means that you don't actually need to. Uh, lay hands that more, more miracles ha- often happen with hands being laid on but you don't need to uh, you don't need to fall over Chloe, to be healed, you understand that now if I put my foot behind your leg and push you, you'll fall over anyway but nevertheless you, you, you can be it, great faith says I'm going to just speak and it will happen, that's great faith Um, So he commended the centurion for having faith. There's actually levels of authority. We're going to be talking more about this later. But you notice that when when Jesus gave to his disciples, he sent them out. He sent out the 12 and they sent out the 70. He gave them authority. And then later in Matthew 28, Mark 16, he says, Behold, now all authority has been given unto. So there's a level of authority that we have There's a level of authority that people have just because they're born on this earth and even non-Christians, all right? There's a level of authority that they have. The devil can't run them over if they don't allow him to, you know, and that's why you see a lot of people living quite prosperous lives because they're living in a level of authority. Then there's another level of authority that we have just because we're born again, all right? And we're seated with him in heavenly places and there's another level of authority that we have in the name of Jesus and this centurion understood that great authority and then the second time the second uh, time that I'm thinking of is the Gentile woman now remember this Gentile woman whose child was possessed and she comes up to Jesus and she and she she asks him to heal and then uh, uh, to uh, deliver her child. And uh, Jesus rejects and turns a walk away from her. And it's hard to really understand what's happening there. But if if you look closely at what's happening, she says to him, son of David. Son of David. So she's saying uh, she's calling a covenant relationship with him. Alright? Now we have things, we're going to talk more about it later this year, we've got things we can claim because we're in covenant with God. And she was claiming a covenant, but you know what? She didn't have that covenant. She was a Gentile. She didn't have that covenant. So Jesus, now you've got to think he's being hard, but he's looking for a different type of faith. He says, you've got no right to claim covenant, and he just kept walking. And he says, he says the 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 dogs talking about gentiles that's harsh you know (laughs) the dogs the dogs have no right to this covenant he says so she hasn't exercised great faith yet because she was having faith in this covenant which she had no right to claim covenant for she says son of david but then she says Then what she does is what one of the things we need to do to claim faith. We can call on the nature of God. And she says, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's bread. And really, it doesn't matter how low you've been, where you've been, what you've done, if you can look up and say, I just want some of that children's bread. And so she exercised faith in the power and the goodness of God, that there's gonna be an overflow for me. And he said, that is great faith. That is great faith. Great faith is not moved by what the circumstances say. Great faith is not moved uh, by what uh, the symptoms say. A great faith is not moved by how you feel about yourself because you're not claiming this by your own goodness are you you're claiming by his nature and we can grow in faith we can grow in faith this week we starve our doubts we feed our faith and we can be a church that has an ever-increasing faith. And I challenge you guys to start with simple things. Yeah. It's just watch what you're saying about things. And watch what you believe in about just the little things. And say, in spite of that circumstance, I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to believe that's the outcome for my life this week. Yeah. Who has something that they want to believe God let's start off who has something that they want to believe God for this week now just think about it now you might be up here but I suggest we start here does that sound good I suggest we start with something that we need to believe God this week for yeah. and and whatever the circumstances are we say Lord I'm going to have faith for that I believe I've got your promise like Abraham says Six times in those verses just there in Romans chapter 4, it refers to the promise of God. I've got this promise. I can believe you for it. I have faith for this. And then just hold on to that dogged. Have you got something you want to believe for your family? Have you got something you want to believe for your business? Have you got something you want to believe for the music system? If if you got something that you want to trust God for, that you can hold on to, and say, "I have Your word for that. I have Your word for that. I know Your nature. I know that even the dogs under the table eat those crumbs." I'm going to hold on to that this week. I'm going to change what I say. I'm going to change what I'm meditating on. I'm going to believe Him for that. John, how's your knee? How's your knee? Good. As your depression. It's not your depression anymore. As the prostate. Good. John came back to the Lord three weeks ago, one service, God healed the knee, prostate, depression. Hallelujah. That's happening. Happening here now. The Holy Spirit's here now. Working. Joining with your faith. Joining with your faith now. You believe it for something now. He was gonna look down in your heart and say, they believe it for that. Are they they holding on to this in spite of what you know, holding on to it in spite of what you see? That moves God, that excites God. He said, Yep, they're trusting in me. They're gonna trust me. I'm gonna move on their behalf. And we're gonna see those mountains move. Surely he's greater than that mountain. Surely he's greater than that sickness. Surely he's greater than that poverty. Surely he's greater than that lies that he's been telling your family. He's greater. He's greater. We can have little faith in a big God. That's fine. Alright? If all we've got is just this one. Jesus said if you've got faith that's the size of a mustard seed, you would save. What have you got faith that's the size of a mustard seed for? What have you got? Can you believe God for provision? Can you believe God for your family? Can you? I think you can. I think you can. I think he's greater. Don't you think he's greater? You know, if you don't feel good about yourself, but just say, well, I'm going to be like that gentile woman. I'm going to say, yeah, I know I've done these things wrong, but I believe in your forgiveness. I believe you made me righteous. I believe I can call upon your name. I believe your nature. Great faith is a little bit of belief in a great God. He's bigger. He's stronger. We will not be moved. We will not be defeated. We will stand in the time of trial. And when opposition comes our way, we'll laugh in the face of it. Even if we don't feel like laughing, we we make the devil even angrier by laughing when we don't feel like it. Ha, ha, ha,
0: ha, ha. (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> I know the beginning from the end. I know my God. I know who I believed in. And I know that he's able. Even if you, all you've got is the faith of Job. And he didn't have the promises of God. He didn't have a covenant with God. He didn't know the scriptures. But he said, this I know. This I know. That my Redeemer lives and he will stand here in end times and we can say this I know my provider lives this I know my righteousness lives my healer lives and I he will stand with me and the end times will stand now and he decides the outcome because he decides the outcome God wasn't done with Abraham Ishmael was not enough. He wanted him to have Isaac. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. And we'll sing this song. And we'll claim what God has promised for us. And if all I've got is a seed, just hold on to that seed. Just hold on to it. I've so got this seed, God. i got this. You said, all I need's this. All I need is this little bit. And we'll take it.